Good morning, everyone. I'm not sure how many children are watching from home because I know we have uh, quite a few kids through at Kingdom Kids in the church centre today. So if you're a child watching from home, a special welcome to you. We're glad that you're here and we hope you're enjoying your summer holidays. But given that we were all children once, I'm going to ask a question which applies to all of us. Can you think of a time when your parent or your guardian did something silly or got things wrong? Yeah? A few nodding heads. We've all done it. We've all seen it. I'm told that I embarrassed my children because of my over-enthusiastic clapping and cheering at school plays and shows. But I think many of us have done that, whether for our children, grandchildren, nieces, nephews. It's almost tradition. Another embarrassing incident. Chris this time. There was one time on holiday in the south of France. Chris had gone out with Matt and Sarah, who were much younger. And they'd gone to the beach, and I'd stayed behind. He discovered later in the day that he had locked the car key in the car. And that meant he had to walk for ages to find a bus and then a taxi to bring them back to the house where we were staying to pick up the spare key. Let me tell you, the kids were not amused, deeply embarrassed by their dad. But the thing I forgot to tell you was that Chris actually didn't have any shoes on because he'd taken them off so that they didn't get all sandy at the beach. So he had to walk everywhere barefoot. He's never done that again. Parents don't always get things right. I remember, and I know I've told some of you this story before, I remember returning home after giving birth to Matthew. And I'd only, he was only a few days old. I put him in the pram and headed out for the very first time. You might remember that, that first trip out, really exciting. Went to the supermarket just across the road. And back then, the aisles of the shop were really narrow. And I began to wonder, how am I going to manage pushing a pram, and it was a pram, not a buggy, and have a a basket for my shopping? So, came up with a plan. There was a security guard at the door. So I said, listen, I'm just needing a couple of bits. Can I leave my baby here? I'll go and get them and come back. So he said, yes, and that was fine. But at that time, you entered the shop by one door and you left by another. Well, I was halfway home before I realized that I had left my baby son in his pram in the supermarket. Talk about panic. I ran as fast as my post-pregnancy body would allow back to the shop and found Matthew fast asleep under the watch by the security guard. He never knew a thing at that point about my failure as a mum. 
And I never did anything like that again. It was a learning experience. We all learn as we go along. I'm sure we could all think of an example of parenting gone wrong. Parenting and guardians don't always get it right. But we're in good company. Now, I'm guessing that none of you have ever had the experience of being pushed out in a river in a basket before. Now, I don't mean a rubber dinghy that you're going to go to the beach or the river in. But in the Bible, this is what happens to Moses. It seems a silly thing for a parent to do. But you can read about what happened in Exodus 2 with baby Moses being placed in the watertight basket and pushed into the reeds of the River Nile. His mum wasn't being silly. She was trying to rescue him or have him rescued by Pharaoh's daughter. Now that must have been hard for a new mum to do. But she did want what was best for her child. Then in Luke 2, there's another story. This time it's Mary and Joseph. Joseph, uh, uh, Jesus was a, a child, possibly about 10, 12 years old. And the family had all gone to Jerusalem for the annual Passover. They left their son behind. So I was in good company. But if you read the passage in the Bible, it says, thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Now you might be thinking, how did they not notice that Jesus wasn't with them? But back then, people would travel in large groups with family and friends, with everybody looking after everybody else's children, just like happens in the summertime usually. And so it's no surprise that they might not have noticed that Jesus wasn't with them. It took them three days to find Jesus. But of course we know from the Bible that he was found safe and well, sitting in the temple, learning from all the wise men. He was in his father's house, that is God's house, learning and preparing for what he had to do in the future. So no matter what we do, we'll never get it right all the time. However, we can be thankful because help is at hand. When things go wrong for parents and children, we can ask God for help because we are all adopted into God's family because of his great love for us. But God provides in another way because he has provided us with church family, the Barclay Viewforth church family. And I'm going to speak more about that in part two of this talk. So, And now Fiona is going to read to us today's Bible passage. The reading today is from 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 10 to 17. A final charge to Timothy. You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecutions, sufferings, 
what kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, the persecutions I endured. Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evildoers and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Thank you, Fiona. How many of you own a self-help book? Anybody? A few people? Mm -hmm. And people at home, I'm sure, as well. You either love them or you loathe them. I suppose it depends on the context. You can get self-help books for almost any subject now. For example, auto repair for dummies. Chris could have done with that the other day. The internet for dummies. British politics for dummies. Perhaps we need to send some to some of the political leaders at the moment to help them. A favourite of mine, wine for dummies, although I've not got it. I also discovered late last night that there's also the Bible for dummies. Now, if you are at the beginning of your Christian walk, actually it might be helpful. It points you out to some useful bits of information. But the subject of today's talk is parenting for dummies. Over the years, there have been a number of books about raising children. I remember when I was young, hearing the adults speak about baby and childcare, one of the books by Dr. Spock. And this always confused me because I was a Star Trek fan and couldn't see what Dr. Spock had to do with baby and childcare. But I bought this new book just a couple of weeks ago, Parenting for Dummies. Now, some of you might say, well, that ship has gone. Um, Your kids are grown up and so on. But actually, it makes an interesting read. You're never too old to learn. We all learn new things every day. Many of our members in their 80s and their 90s have been learning about technology during the pandemic. Something most of them thought would never happen. Now we find them watching our services online. Hello. And having Zoom calls like there was nothing new. Who would have thought it two years ago? We're never too old to learn or to share our experiences, both the good and the bad, with the next generation so that they can learn from our mistakes or or the things that have gone well. So why are we speaking about parenting for dummies? What's that got to do with church? Now there may be some of you sitting here or watching online thinking that's not relevant to them because they don't have children. Well, even this book gives an example of where we all fit in. 
parenting for dummies actually actively talks about finding backup, encourages parents to look for it in other places. And in here it says, are there groups or friendly churches in your area that welcome families of all shapes and sizes? That's us. We need to be welcoming those in our church family, but also looking out for those who are on the fringes or in our community. How many of you sitting here and at home have been influenced by older to you church members when you were growing up? It might be true to say that many of us came to know Jesus as a result of the influence of those people. These folks have been our spiritual mothers and fathers or our mentors. Now, the definition of mentor is someone who is a wise and trusted counselor or teacher. That's us. And although the word mentor does not appear in the Bible, Scripture does give us a number of examples of mentoring. Here are a few. Jethro mentored Moses. Moses mentored Joshua and all the elders of Israel. Eli mentored Samuel. Elijah mentored Elisha. Elizabeth mentored the young Mary, the mother of Jesus. Jesus mentored his disciples. And as we heard in today's reading, Paul mentored Timothy, among others. And there are more. I challenge you to go and find them. All of these folks were mentored so that they would grow in their knowledge and their understanding of God. So let's take a closer look at what Paul said. In verses 10 and 11, Paul writes to Timothy that you know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecutions, sufferings, and all the kinds of things that happened to me in different places. Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. Now, Paul is writing this to Timothy. Timothy may know about some of these things because he's heard the stories or he's actually been part of some of the things that have gone on. Timothy has watched, listened, and he's learned from Paul when things haven't gone quite right. Keep going. Okay. Um, So... It's a a mentoring experience, and that's something all of us can do. We share our knowledge, our experiences with our children in the church family. And earlier, in 2 Timothy, Paul also acknowledges the work of other family members in witnessing to Timothy. In 1 verse 2 Timothy 1 verse 5, he says, I am reminded of your sincere faith which first lived in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. 
while these verses highlight the things that Paul wanted to share with Timothy, they can also serve as an example of what we could be doing, what we could be sharing with the generations who come after us. How can we teach about our faith, about our way of life, and so on? There's an old African proverb which says, it takes a village to raise a child. That means it takes an entire community of people who must interact with each other and especially with the children for these children to experience and grow in a safe and healthy environment. Can I suggest to you that we are that village? All of us. As part of the Barclay Viewforth Church family, we are called to look after the children in this family. When I say children, I mean children and young people. And it's a responsibility we acknowledged when each child was baptized or welcomed into our church family. In the Reformed tradition, the godparent of all children within the congregation is the congregation of believers upon whom is laid the solemn obligation to welcome and provide for the child and all children an environment of Christian nurture and love. That is read to us, and then usually we are asked, as a sign of your willingness to accept this obligation, please stand up. And inevitably we do. Our last minister then used to carry the child around the church, if it was possible, if they weren't too big, um, as we sang the ironic blessing. But that was done so that the child could make eye contact with as many people as possible. And the people, all of us, could make eye contact with the child so we could acknowledge that responsibility. Our parenting responsibilities started each time we stood up. Although here at Barclay Viewforth, we've actually taken that responsibility a step earlier with our Meals for Mums project uh, ministry, which uh, Linda and Katie organized helping mums with meals for two weeks just after the child is born. We have a duty of care to all our children. A duty which has now seen the level of the bar raised as we participate in growing young, which will allow us to look as a congregation at what we do to nurture our children and young people and then try to do it better. This will hopefully help us to do what Jesus did when he put a child in the center of all that was going on and said, let the children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. The kingdom of God belongs to our children as well as us. We have a role in supporting and equipping our children and teenagers, so that they might get to know about it and get to know God and get learn to trust him 
And so we need everyone, all of us, in our church family to be mentors, to be good examples to the younger generations, to share the stories. So can I speak to some of the more mature folks in our our church and say, thank you for your witness and your service. But your work here is not yet done. We need you to keep on keeping on, to stand up and be counted as Christians, to share your faith and your faith stories with our children and young people. It's not just teachers who teach. We all can teach. We can teach a child to love others and most of all to love God. And by doing so and by holding them in prayer, we will hopefully set them on the right road. Don't get me wrong. They may stray off the right road and get into bother. But if they know that they are loved by their parents and by their church family and we all demonstrate acceptance and forgiveness, then they will find the right path again. The prodigal son is a great example of that. Can we help our children and young people on this journey? Proverbs 22.6 tells us to train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Charles Spurgeon, a number of years later, said, train up a child in the way he should go and be sure to go that way yourself because that's how we mentor our children. We need to mentor, we need to meet the families where they're at. We need to support them in any way we can. In doing so, we model Jesus to them. In doing this, they are then more open open to getting to know Jesus and becoming part of the family of God. So perhaps when we're able to socialize more after church, will you have time to inquire about Ben's athletic race or ask Elsa about her holiday? Do you have time to listen to what our kids have been getting up to in Kingdom Kids? And can that interest extend beyond Sundays? As our church participates in the Growing Young program, an interest in our children and young people will be important for them, for helping them to stay connected, not just as young children, but through teenage years, and help them to stay connected with church family. I read a verse of scripture the other day which beautifully summed up what it's like for all of us to live as children of God. Isaiah 41, 13 says, For I am the Lord your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear, I will help you. As a child reaches out his or her hand to their parent, trusting that all will be well. 
so we can all reach out to our Heavenly Father to guide us through this minefield of parenthood or adopted parenthood. Our Parenting for Dummies manual points out that we're not going to get everything right. Being a good parent, and I'm speaking as parents in church family, it takes time and patience. Parenting is a series of trials and and errors. It also reminds us that we shouldn't give up on our children. Be persistent. Keep on trying. Our kids need all of us to be strong. And finally, well, it's not final in here because it's a big book, but it says, have fun with our kids. They are our kids. When Katie and Andrew bring their three children into church on a Sunday, they're our kids. Speak to them. When Emma has Kitty and Rachel, speak to them. Because you are helping them on their journey. And they won't be our kids forever. But we can hope and pray that in modeling Jesus, by putting them at the heart of what we do, then they will one day come to know Jesus as their friend for life. So as our churches begin to open up, can I encourage you to be looking out for ways of supporting the parents in our midst? But mostly, take time to chat to the children. They are God's blessing to us. And let's just pray. Father, we thank you that we are a church family, that you call each of us to play our part. We ask your blessing on our children and our young people on our parents, on our grandparents, on our aunts and uncles. And we pray that you would help us to know how we can serve in the best way that demonstrates the love of Jesus to them. Watch over all of us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And to guard our parent, we are going to pray now with Katie is going to lead us through the prayer, and we will respond with the song, Your Kingdom Come. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you in prayer this morning, knowing the power of prayer, and knowing that you listen to and answer our prayers. We pray for all who need to know your love and presence today. We pray especially for the people in Western Germany Belgium and the Netherlands who have been infected by the catastrophic flooding during these last few days. We ask you to comfort those who are mourning the loss of loved ones and the loss of their homes and towns. Strengthen them in the weeks and months ahead. We are aware that freak floods like this are linked to climate change and so that we pray God that you would help us to take better care of this amazing world you've given us. Let us not take it for granted and open our eyes to what we can do to help prevent climate change. We pray for this holiday period and thank you that after a long time of restrictions, people are now able to start to enjoy holidays. We thank you for a time to rest, see friends and family, and for many who have remained working from home, a change from being in the one place all the time. 
However, we also pray for those for whom there's anxiety about returning to public places, for those who've lost confidence in going out after this long coronavirus time. Be with them in times of loneliness. Thank you for the continuing work of the pastoral team in ensuring that our elderly members of the congregation still feel connected to the church and for finding ways to do this despite the COVID restrictions. When we hear so much in the news about the coronavirus, we're not always aware of other troubles in our world. We pray for countries such as Yemen and Syria, where there is conflict, famine and poverty. We ask that you bring change to these countries and power to those working for these people. As our services at Barclay Viewforth have focused on family, we thank you for our church family here at Barclay Viewforth. While we are not always able um, to meet and chat in the usual way on a Sunday morning, we pray for love and fellowship for each other still to be felt. We bring all these prayers to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Made in perfect love Innocent we walked as friends of God Still we turned away Traded freedom for a life enslaved Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is in work, at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. <laughs> 